Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast, your trail map for the world of mountain biking. And now, I'll introducing your host, Gareth Beckett. Howdy, mountain bikers. Thanks for being here, and welcome to episode 156 of the MTB Tribe Podcast. I'm here as always to help you find out more about mountain biking, how to go on the trails, keep you stoked and hopefully learn a little more about mountain biking and the people involved while you are here. So thanks so much for tuning in and for being part of the show today. Now, if you're enjoying the podcast and want to show your support, the best way to do that is by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you listen to your podcasts on. Your ratings and reviews helps the podcast get seen easier and hopefully will help get people off the sofas and on to the saddle. So thanks so much for everybody that's been reviewing the show and doing that and help the show be seen by more people. And for everybody that's got in contact with me regarding the show and how it's helped them get out on the bike over the COVID time and everything else, thanks so much. I really do appreciate you reaching out. It does make my day. Now on to today's show and Today we are chatting with Harriet Burbridge-Smith, or commonly known by her friends as Haz, or even Haz Nation. Now Haz is from Canberra, Australia. She is an elite woman MTB rider and has been racing bikes for over 18 years, even though she's still only in her mid-twenties. Like so many of us, Haz was brought up racing BMX and has been super successful doing so with two world championships and eight Australian championships under her belt. However, things changed after a trip to Whistler a few years ago. She got bitten by the downhill bug and has never really looked back. Haz has now poured 100% of her attention into MTB and her sights are set on the Crankwork series, FMB, the Red Bull Pump Track series and stuff like that. And believe you me, she is unbelievable on a bike. Just check out her YouTube channel and you will see what I mean. So join us, find out more about Haz's transition from BMX to MTB. It's very, very interesting. Why she loves the mountain bike scene so much. Her passion for trail building and how she found herself in a European hospital with no family or friends. Mm, wasn't a great time, but uh, it's a great story. So thanks for tuning into the show. And without further ado... Let's get Haz on the MTB Tribe podcast. Hi Haz, welcome to the MTB Tribe podcast. How's things with you this afternoon? Uh, very good, mate. How are you going? Yeah, I'm going well. Um, as we were saying there just before we come on air, I had some issues with the cat just to get her settled down, but all of that is all good. So it all sorted. <laughs> yeah, cool. Well, here, thanks so much for coming on. It'll be good to have a chat with you and um, chat about your BMX background and how that's transferred into mountain biking and stuff. So, um, yeah, it's cool. Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for getting in touch, and uh, I'm really keen. Yeah, cool. Now, you're based in Canberra, Australia, um, yeah. which I didn't realize. This shows you how good I am at geography. Until I had Mick Longhurst on the show, um, I had him on episode 142, I think. He's from Canberra. I didn't realise it was the capital of Australia. Yeah, no, not many people do. I like to quiz people on that when I go overseas. Um, it's <laughs> kind of like smack bang in the middle of Sydney and Melbourne. And uh, everyone kind of, I mean, it was pretty much built between them because they couldn't decide which was going to be the capital. So they just kind of made Canberra. <laughs> oh, well, it's a good idea, I suppose. Yeah, it's nice and quick. You can go up to Sydney in a couple of hours and then... A little bit longer for Melbourne, but there's some good stuff at both, so. Yeah, yeah, and I seen, I was watching one of your videos, you took a, a quick day trip up to Sydney to go to an indoor bike park um, yeah. on the BMX. Uh, is, is that kind of thing, have you got a lot of that about in Sydney and Melbourne, you know, do you have indoor parks and do you have a good scene there? Um, so in Sydney and Melbourne, yes, they've got a few indoor ones. Um, I like to go to them just to use the the foam pits or the airbags just to dial in some tricks and that kind of thing. And uh, so they've got Wollongong, which is only about two and a half hours. So it's just kind of on the coast uh, before you go into like the city area. Um, and that's really good. And I can kind of do that once a week almost. And uh, it makes me feel so much better about then going kind of to dirt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like two and a half hours tells over here in Ireland's it's a brave old jump for us. Is it, is that something in Australia you just don't even mind about? You just go and do it? Um, 
I mean, I guess it depends how um, how keen you are. Um, I, I enjoy it, uh, especially because we don't have a, a, a spot really in Canberra that I can go to sort of every day. Um, and I just like smashing like a, a podcast or an audio book and it just gets me like five hours of, uh, you know, time to do something like that as well. So I kind of just look at all the, the positives of it. Yeah, cool, cool. Um, now, you've been racing for a long time. Um, you, you've been racing for over 17 years or so. And you initially got into it via BMX, which a lot yeah. of people do, which is interesting. Um, so you've transitioned into mountain biking from that. Mm-hmm. Can you kind of tell us that story, how that how that happened? Yeah, so I was, I did BMX since I was about four years old. Um, competed in my first world champs when I was like seven. That's crazy. Um, and did that basically until my, until about two years ago. Um, I was doing world cups and uh, and world champs at the sort of that junior elite and elite level. Um, and I, I, I loved it. I did love the sport a lot. Um and then I got invited. Well, one of my friends, Danny Beecroft, she's a downhiller from Australia. Um, she, uh, we, I've always still ridden mountain bikes for training and that kind of thing, and I uh, enjoyed the four cross back in the days that they used to have the the series sort of in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, it's unfortunately kind of quite hasn't really been happening over the past sort of five years, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, she kept telling me about Crankworks and uh, all this kind of thing. She's like, I'm going to Whistler. I've got a place. Just come just 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 try it out and that kind of thing I was like yeah okay sweet I'll come and yeah we were there for like three weeks and uh just rode and, and competed in all the events and uh yeah just absolutely blew my mind it was such a good time and uh yeah I tried for a little while to do both and then sort of the end of or the start of last year so 2019 I pretty much made the decision to go full-time mountain biking yeah it's interesting how how it happens you know i think bmx is maybe a wee bit more assess accessible to to the young when you're younger you know a lot of us guys get into it via bmx but it's interesting how how mountain biking just kind of just kind of grabbed you and like had you a mountain bike that you could use in whistler or did you have to hire stuff how did that all work um so back from my four cross days i had an old hardtail that i used it was, it's probably about it was about seven years old last year and that was when i finally sold it um, and got a different one. Um, and then I had just borrowed a, a Julie. So I, I worked at a bike shop at that time and they had one, a sort of demo bike that they were, they had. So I used those two, um, the demo bike, I absolutely thrashed, um, and <laughs> in pieces by the time I got back from Whistler, I felt pretty bad. Um, yeah, it was great. And it was definitely, an, uh, it's, it's different. I was quite good in a hard tail cause it's not a huge adjustment from a BMX, but uh, the Julie took a bit to get used to, but it was um, I was getting my whips whips pretty good by the end of it. <laughs> yeah, cool. And was that the first time you were at Whistler? Yeah, yeah, it was um first time. I didn't really have any like knowledge either because I hadn't really been in the mountain bike scene, so I didn't realize how how big it was and how um of a kind of you know. And now I get it. I'm like, damn, like I wish I had have gone sooner. Yeah, I'm sure that was a bit of an eye opener for you going over there and seeing that scene and how how busy it is and and everything else. Like, how different is it from the BMX scene? Because you were in the BMX scene at a high level, so like, what's the difference? What do you see different between the two of them? Um, it's hard, I guess. Um, I obviously never, I guess, never hate on anything to do with BMX or the racing scene or anything like that, but it always felt very serious to me. Um, and that was never that. I think that was the one thing that was missing and that I found in mountain biking was that a little bit more kind of, I guess, chill sort of, um, mm-hmm. rate setup where everyone was kind of, well, at least the majority of the people that I was hanging out with, um, were there kind of to have a good time and to just like rip on your bike. Um, and I I felt I felt that so much more at Crankworks. I just felt so much more me. Um, but yeah, that was just one of the things that really stood out to me. Yeah, like the listeners, I'm sure are scunnered listening to me bang on about how good the mountain bike scene is. But it is good, right? You found it pretty friendly and pretty welcoming. Yeah, it is absolutely. And um, 
nothing against the BMX scene. I, there's some absolutely amazing people in there and I had such a good time. But um, it's just like about the, the scene at mountain bikes and the events and that kind of thing just, um, just kind of t- took me a little bit more as like um, sort of me, I guess. Mm. Yeah, just should it, should it your personality a little bit more. Yeah, just over the, over the last two years, I've felt like I've been able to express myself a lot more um, in my writing, and I just felt so much more kind of, uh, you know, just so much more excitement because there's so much opportunities. It's not just uh, just races or just training. It's like I can come up with, uh, you know, content, like interesting videos. I can, you know, sort of master new tricks, and I can all this kind of stuff, which really excites me. Mm, yeah. Now, going from the BMX to the mountain bike, do you think – doing the trick stuff on the bmx and everything that you were able to do there do you think that's really helped in your mountain bike thing um i think the biggest thing with bmx especially why i always recommend it to kids is it's so um i guess unforgiving in terms of you have to be really good on a bike in terms you can't sort of get away with cases you can't sort of get away with being really um really loose or sketchy or that kind of thing because if you case something you will feel it and if you um move the bike they're so twitchy that you have to be very precise um so i think that makes you just a better sort of bike handler in general um and it was really weird when i went to mountain biking i would like be like oh i'm being so loud through these rock sections and like because i wasn't used to hearing any noise so i think that made it smoother because i was kind of trying to to get through a section smoother rather than just kind of you know just going through it full throttle. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. And when I get on a, uh, sorry, a BMX now, they just feel so weird. They're so small. And I'm just like, I couldn't ride this thing. But <laughs> yeah, it's you, not. Yeah. Like, and I'm sure you were saying that you were trying to do the two for a while. I'm sure that was quite difficult. It was, yeah. And now that I, I haven't really ridden one for probably, I'd say, a year. Um, I think I would probably loop out like first go. It's insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so when you went on the full sauce, the Juliana, like, mm. what what did you feel different about that? So different about that bike, and and what difficulties did you have with it? Um, I think probably just the sort of the just learning how to to be as uh, I guess comfortable in the air and working with the suspension and working how to sort of to preload and that kind of thing. Um, and I think Whistler was a great spot for that. Obviously, it's pretty um, pretty amazing. But just smashing sort of, uh, I guess, super uh, just heaps of A-line laps, um, that's pretty classic, everyone that goes first time to Whistler. Um, and doing that and just uh, sort of just learning and just really trying to whip it out and get comfy with it. That was probably the biggest thing. And also, you know, nowadays it's still a lot different because, you know, you're not in a race with seven other people. You've got – it's just you and you've got to kind of figure out what your pace is. Um, and that's been probably the hardest thing is when I do sort of downhill and that kind of thing. It's, uh, you know, pushing it to that limit but not too far. Yeah, I suppose it is quite a different scene when you think on it like that. It's you – against the course almost rather than you against another rider um so yeah i'm sure it's quite different the the whole takeoff thing and uh, uh, the the preload and the landing and all is that different very different on a mountain bike than it is a bmx then oh absolutely it's very different um yeah jumping on both was uh yeah so crazy and um just in terms of i guess just a bmx um, well, it does carry more speed in general. I guess you're not on sort of a, a mountain or anything like that. You're on a track that's purpose-built for a BMX. Um, and in terms of a mountain bike, you do at first kind of feel like it's rolling slower and it's just taking off a bit harder. So it kind of feels almost harder to jump at first. Um, but then once you understand sort of like the, the preload and that kind of thing, it, so it starts coming easier and then all of a sudden it's like I can handle it just like a BMX. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's cool. Like it's it really is cool. Is the BMX scene? Do you think is it dying off a little, or is it still quite popular where you're at in Australia? There, um, it's hard to say. 
I don't think it's dying off at all. I think it's um, it's like compared to when I started, I was one of the only girls in the club, and I was definitely one of the the only girl my age. Um, which I think was a lot of the reason why a lot of girls stopped racing it. Um, and in and in not just in BMX but in mountain biking and that kind of thing. But now I go to the club days and there's like like twenty twenty young girls and guys under sort of thirteen, and they have such a great sort of community there which is uh, maybe something that the mountain bike world lacks a little bit, is that sort of um, club community for young kids. Um, well, I know it does in uh, in Canberra at least. I feel like we definitely could have a better sort of um, sort of what the BMS clubs are doing. But, yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't say it's dying off. Um, yeah, I just would say it's probably not going in the direction that I necessarily gets me stoked. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you see a difference in the mountain bike scene there that it's growing so quick and with the COVID thing and stuff, it's it's become really, really popular with a lot of people? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, just in terms of people I know that work at bike shops here, so it's just been insane. And, and um, the one of the places that I um, I dig at, uh, Majura Pines, which is just near my house. I do all the dirt jumps there, but they said they recorded like record numbers in terms of people in the mountain riding and that kind of thing. And I definitely don't think COVID stopped that. Um, in terms of competition, I think it's kind of um, shown what the future may be, like in terms of online stuff, in terms of creating content and, and doing that kind of uh, video stuff. Mm, yeah, it's it's really weird. You know, the, the mountain bike scene, the mountain bike stores all over the planet just seem to have been so busy with the COVID yeah. thing, everybody getting bikes out. So it can only be good for the scene, I think, to be honest. You know, even if 10%, 15% stay in it, it'll be very, very good. Um, have you got any girlfriends that ride with you there or anything like that? Have you got a crew you go out with? Yeah, um, so I've got a few people that I always ride with. Um, a few of the guys and then um, Caroline Buchanan's in Canberra at the moment now. Um She's kind of based here um, for the foreseeable future. We try to ride with her every week, and uh, she's kind of got a similar mindset in terms of what she wants to progress in her riding at the moment. So we're always kind of uh, pushing each other and brainstorming to try new tricks and that kind of thing, and she's got a pretty good setup with an airbag at the farm. So we're out there a lot um, trying new tricks and that kind of thing. Yeah. Carlines, for anybody that doesn't know, I've kind of been following Carline for a while um she's come through a lot eh? a really bad accident and stuff oh yeah absolutely she's probably one of the the toughest and uh hardest working athletes and people that i've i've ever met um and yeah it's it's awesome to see and she's a great person to ride with because she's always um always pushing you to to you know um you know just make the best uh of every situation and kind of um ride to your potential um and i think that's very contagious yeah like that's crazy she's she's one of the massive names of bmx right yeah absolutely yeah um is she progressing into mountain biking now or is she still bmxing um well it's hard to say um because obviously she was trying um for the olympics this year um mm-hmm. to get that go there for the third time and then obviously that's kind of changed and everything like that um but she's very keen like me to to continue on into sort of the crank work stuff um and yeah and and we both have the sort of uh sort of idea of doing the speed and style and that kind of thing so that'll probably be us too for the next few years um hopefully you know battling it out yeah like um has she done anything over the last couple of years since her accident yeah, yeah. So she, so she had a fair bit of recovery, um, and a lot of that was uh, due to the the plates that she had in her sternum um, didn't properly heal and were actually breaking. Um, so once that was all sorted, she had to get back into strength training, which took a long time. Um, just the amount of of strength you lose for something like that. Um, but yeah, she came back for the World Cups this year um, to try and qualify for for the Olympics. So she did that. So she got a massive amount of strength back and, and was doing quite well, was doing, you know, top 16s at the World Cup and, and had goals of, you know, being back to where she was. So it's obviously, I guess, probably hard for her to now have to kind of wait. Um, but, yeah, she's been doing pretty sick. 
Yeah, yeah, and I've, I've seen the dirt jumps and stuff she has out the back of her, out the back of her house. Is it? It looks they look pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, she's um, she's really crazy. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome to have somebody like that that you can ride with. You know, keeps you motivated and everything else. And you just you just kind of work well together. You just motivate each other. It's cool. Yeah, it's having a team around you, having people that are passionate about the same thing and that that are really positive people and uh, willing to not only let you push them but um, push you as well to be, you know, a better rider and, a, you know, better person is uh, always, you know, ideal, is, <laughs> is pretty yeah. great. Yeah, cool. Let's chat a little bit about your early days, Has, if you don't mind, because I'm interested to know how you get into BMX in the, in the first place because it was very young, right? Were yeah, you just drawn to bikes or was it a family thing or how did you get interested? Um, I think it was uh, a little bit of everything. I mean, I obviously don't remember a lot from back then, um, but I remember asking sort of my dad was always into into mountain biking and cross country and that kind of thing, and he did that at, at a national level. Um, and my mom did as well, and they were a big part of um, the Canberra scene in mountain biking sort of in the early 2000s and sort of mm-hmm. um, in the 90s and that kind of thing. Um, so that was always, I guess – in my in my family and then I think from what I know I was I loved riding a bike from a very very early age and and I think they couldn't keep me off it so they kind of uh, looked up bike related stuff in Canberra and they sort of saw that there was a BMX club so they signed me up for that and uh yeah they couldn't keep me off it is what, is what I've heard <laughs> yeah very cool um and when you got up a little bit when you when you got a little bit older what made the BMX thing different? Like, why did you stick with it? Um, I guess I always it just that just riding my bike has always been just pretty much my favorite thing in the world. Um, just you know, I guess with BMX it was um, you know going fast, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, jumping, I love jumping, love styling it up, and that kind of thing, and just having a good time. Um, just riding with people and that kind of thing. Yeah, it was all just pretty much what I love to do. Yeah, it's cool. It, it interests me with, you know, the school sports curriculum and stuff, how it mm. works and how kids actually get involved in the likes of mountain biking and BMX and stuff like that because they don't really offer it at schools. So you kind of oh, have yeah. to, you know, you kind of have to go on your own and do it outside of school hours and stuff like that. So it's quite difficult. And I don't know if it happens much there where you're at, but here certainly a lot of, a lot of kids and all just don't have the opportunities to do it. Um, you know, they get thrown under the school thing. So they end up playing football or rugby or, you know, something yeah. like that. Um, do they offer anything like that in schools where you're at there? Bike rides, BMX stuff, anything like that? Not necessarily when I was young. Um, it was very much so lucky that my parents sort of saw that I was enjoying riding so much and that they, they looked into that. Um, and then throughout school, I it was still such a passion for me that I, I kept with it and I never really did any other sports. Um, I was always sort – of, I've done every sort of um, bike sport imaginable. I did I did velodrome. I did mountain biking and four cross, cross country, uh, road, and then obviously BMX and that kind of thing. Um but nowadays, um, a lot more. Um, I work for a trail company, Iconic Trails, and we build a lot of tracks not only in Canberra but around Australia. And uh, recently we've had so many schools requesting us to come in and build a pump track, build a build a track for them. Um, we just finished one uh, recently that is amazing and that um, is actually at the school but it's open to the public um, and it's really sick. And uh, so far they've had, yeah, just um, – amazing sort of uh feedback from from the teachers and from from students and that kind of thing saying that they it's just it's non-stop kids on it it's insane yeah like that's an amazing idea because i always thought here they should do something like that because they're trying to encourage kids at a certain age obviously to go to school on bikes and stuff like that promote the whole the whole riding thing but if you had a pump track at your school yeah. You could go out at lunchtime, you could go on, you could have a good time. And also, it makes your bike skill handling so much better. Yeah, absolutely. 
So you're going to be yeah. safer on the roads kind of thing, you know, traveling to and from school. Yeah. That's cool to see that you are doing that. That's brilliant. Oh, yeah, it's so much fun. Um, and, the, yeah, we try to try to make it um, a good track in terms of uh, it's rideable on any kind of bike, but it's also there's opportunities there. Like even I can look at it and go, well, I can do that. I can do that gap and I can do a berm to berm and that kind of thing. It's sort of any skill level can do it, which is, is what you want. You want kids to be all kids to be able to do it, but then the, the ones that are a little bit more advanced, they're still challenged by it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, even since we've done these pump tracks, we've had so many other schools sort of contacting us, um, asking to do similar sort of things, which is um, awesome. But, yeah, the kids have loved it. They've um, pretty much – we haven't been able to keep them off, which has been hard because it's been raining a lot recently and uh, we've had to <laughs> keep it up a little bit just to let it set, settle down and kind of pack in. Um and obviously I hate that. I mean, it's even at my local jumps, I hate like sort of if I'm going to change the line, I feel bad because I'm like, well, now these kids are going to come and it's going to be closed for the next sort of couple of days. So I try to work really quickly. Yeah, yeah. So the iconic trails thing, is that your full-time work gig? Is that what you do? Um, I just, so I just do that part-time on top of my racing um, at the moment. Um, obviously this year is not kind of, uh, you know, there's no competition, so it's a bit harder to sort of um, – to sort of, uh, you know, work with sponsors and that kind of thing. So I'm sort of trying my best to, you know, produce content and that kind of thing for them in, in terms of, uh, you know, instead of results, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And the iconic trails, uh, how did you fall into that? Was it just a matter of you being known in the scene and things like that? Um, so sort of, uh, I guess for the last over a year, I've been volunteering a lot doing um, trail building at one of the local spots and I started to realize that it was becoming you know a real passion of mine and uh, with um, you know COVID and everything like that I re- sort of was looking for something I wanted to do in terms of you know a little bit of extra income um, so I thought you know uh, I want I was talking to a bunch of riders around Canberra and asking you know oh is there any trail trail work and that kind of thing and and then I eventually got into contact with Iconic and it's funny because I, I know the guy that, that owns it and he actually uh, – I've ridden in one of his backyard pump tracks before and he knows my parents and that kind of thing. So it was kind of like a, you know, meant to be sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's something cool to get involved in, right? Because it, I, I'm sure it helps you when you see new trails and stuff, just how it's going to affect your riding do, do you look at it like that? Does it help you actually ride trails better, sooner kind of thing? Um, I think it definitely makes me look at things differently. Um, it's it's insane to, to you know, to look at it from a, a sort of a professional company's um, eyes of building a trail and what you've got to think about. You know, you've got to think about drainage. You've got to think about all these safety things. You know, if it's a track that's going, you know, dual directions, you have to make sure it flows well both ways. Certain things that you don't necessarily think about when you're just, you know, building local trails or dirt jumps or stuff like that um, is, and then also, you know, learning to use the machines and that kind of thing, which has been really cool for me. I'm so excited. Uh, I finally got my own keys to the excavators last week, so I was <laughs> so. Um, so and it's it's kind of been like a they've been really great because it's like a, I'm also learning every week more about just everything in general, whether it be, you know, um, how to build a better trail or, you know, how to cut a trail with the with the machines and then that kind of thing. And then also just in general, they have so much knowledge about, um, you know, the mountain bike scene and everything like that. So, um, yeah, it just feels like, um, you know, widening my knowledge in the mountain bike world, I guess. Mm-hmm. No, certainly. I think it's a great idea. It can only certainly help for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I love it. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's always a bonus. And plus, you get to hit all the trails first, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, let's chat a little bit about the mountain bike scene there in Australia. So, when you get into the mountain bike scene, what? How did you feel it's, it was like? Is, is it a good scene there? Is it a healthy scene? Um, I think it's pretty good. I think um, there are definitely there's definitely room for a lot of improvement um, in terms of. Uh, I guess when you're comparing it to somewhere like New Zealand or that kind of thing where it's a real, especially like Rotorua, Queenstown, it's such a, a tourist um, attraction 
and that kind of thing. Um, I feel like we don't do that enough in Australia, and we could, and we definitely have the, uh, you know, the the space to do it. But it really needs the the proper the proper funding and the proper uh, people behind it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Canberra, we we uh, at Stromlo, you know, we had a really a really great great scene sort of ten years ago when we we hosted the World Champs and the World Cup and that kind of thing. And uh, but I think a lot of Australia has stepped up in the last two years, so like Tasmania um, and that kind of thing. And uh, uh, they have two awesome spots there. I went to Derby in Tasmania at the start of the year with Trek. I was doing a, a shoot with them, and that was the first time I've been there, and it's absolutely insane. And then I mm-hmm. think uh, Nationals next year are going to be in Medina, which is the bike park on the other side of Tasmania. And uh, they, I've heard just amazing stuff. It's hers, like, uh, kind of like the stuff that you get in New Zealand. like. And they've also got a big plan to build a bike park down the bottom, all these jumps and that kind of thing. I think that's absolutely um, the way that, Australia is hopefully going. I really hope it is because it's absolutely sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Medina's amazing. I actually have, as we're chatting now, the Medina podcast is going live. I was chatting with them last week. Yeah, sick. Um, yeah, really awesome. And Simon there, the guy that's kind of, you know, that owns the park and he owns Dirt Art as well, the trail building company. Yeah, um, yeah, they're switched on. Eh? That park is going to be. They have good, good. They have plans for it, you know, in the near future and onwards, to make it so much more, so much bigger. And it sounds amazing. It sounds awesome. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure for next year's nationals, I'm going to go like two weeks early just to. Well, hopefully, you know, if all this COVID stuff kind of um is a little bit more settled down, I'm definitely mm-hmm. going to go early and, and ride there. It. Uh, I think that if. I think they 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 understand what people want and they are just doing it pretty much. Yeah, well, he was saying when he was building the park um, that he travelled quite a lot to ride other trail parks and centres and things just to get an idea because he wanted it slightly differently. Um, and he was over in the UK riding and stuff, which is quite cool. Um, so I think it is a little bit different from a lot of stuff out there, but in a good way, you know, uh, just that it offers everything. So if you want to go hit some big stuff, you can. If you want more of an enduro experience, you can do that. Um, yeah. Sounds amazing. Oh, yeah, I'm very keen. There's that one, and then there's one in uh, Sydney coming very soon, um, Bellrose Bike Park, and it's uh, – <laughs> Oh, I don't know if you've seen some of the photos and stuff like that, but it's just uh, absolute. It looks like it's going to be insane, and I'm extremely excited. Yeah, it's a good time to be in the sport, eh? It's a good well, time to be involved. Yeah, I think everyone's. Um, I think there's a lot of good people in the sport at the moment, and that are pushing for for the kind of stuff like that. And I think that's awesome. I think that's what we need to keep doing. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. So, as far as the racing thing goes, has how have you kind of progressed under the mountain bike side? Have you done any races so far? How you how are you going to go about doing that? Yeah, so I think so. From uh, 2018, I did a few events in mountain biking. So I did I did the Whistler Crankworks. I also did the Four Cross World Champs. Um, did reasonably well, made it to the final. Uh, I think I qualified third. Unfortunately, got fourth in the final, so I was the one off the podium. Um, mm. So I was a bit, a bit of a gutter there. But it was uh, also, uh, you know, one of my first mountain bike races, and really cemented in me that that was, I was, I made the right choice, and that it was where I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then last year was kind of the first year where I had made that full um, move over. Um, I did the, so I did the Rotorua and the Innsbruck Crankworks. Um, I got my got a top five in the slalom and um, the pump track and was really stoked on that. And I kind of had made the choice to stay over in Europe actually till Whistler. So I was going to do four cross worlds. I was going to do Thomas Slavic's. Uh, he does a Red Bull race in the Czech Republic. All that kind of thing had that lined up. Unfortunately, that didn't go quite to plan with a few uh, few injuries and a few hospital visits there. So oh um, last year wasn't ideal. Ended up missing. Um, Missing Four Cross Worlds and uh, and Whistler because of that. I was actually in hospital in the Czech Republic, um, which was a interesting experience. So this mm. year was 
a rebuilding year um, in terms of results and that kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of not happened, but uh, still a really positive year. Mm. Tell us about your injury. What happened? Yeah, so um, I went to the Innsbruck uh, Crankworks and then I stayed in Europe. So I had a few a few things planned. And then uh, so I went to one of the Red Bull pump track races in, in Belgium a couple of weeks after Innsbruck and uh, had a crash there and I broke my foot. And I sort of had the – I had a f- few options. So basically I had about six weeks from that point until – um, I had Thomas Slavic, he had his Red Bull Revelations four cross race. And then the week after that was four cross worlds. And then I had planned on going straight from there to Whistler. So I thought I can either go home, um, and that's my budget blown and I can kind of just heal and, and that's the year for me, or I can hope that my foot heals and I'll race the, the two four cross races, then head to Whistler and we'll see how it goes. So I made the decision to stay in Europe, and I had my foot in a cast, and I was on crutches, and I had to travel with two bikes and, and a, two suitcases, and that was a, a big mission. I ended up um, buying a car for like 500 bucks. <laughs> it was a, a manual too, so I had my cast on the clutch, which was really painful. Oh, no. Um, yeah, so I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try my best. I'm going to hope it heals in time. So I... Stay in Europe for I stayed with a really good friend who I'd met from uh, from BMX and Four Cross, and she was um, kind enough to let me stay with her while I was sort of injured. And then I made my way to the Czech Republic, and Thomas Slavic was awesome. He hooked me up with a in the hotel with all the athletes, and uh, you know paid for my my train my bus ticket down and all that kind of thing. And I got to spend a day in Prague, which was sick. And I was sending it down the cobblestones with my cast on my foot and on my bike. <laughs> it was probably not ideal for that. But, yeah, I, I did the track walk there. And I don't know if you've seen that four-cross track, but it is insane. Um, and it's it's like um, it's kind of like just four-cross in the heyday. Like it gets like 10,000-plus spectators, that kind of thing. Like it's nuts. Wow. Like the Czech, Czech people love that. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I did the track walk in my cast. And uh, at that point, the cast was pretty raggedy and uh, that kind of thing. And then uh, the day before practice, I cut it off my foot and uh, it felt pretty weird. So I did practice. And then uh, the day of the race, I uh, have no memory of. I had a massive crash, uh, knocked myself out. Uh, Don't remember anything until I got to hospital the next day. Or, well, I was in hospital. I don't remember the ambulance. Don't remember the CT scans. Don't remember anything, but basically, I my front wheel had washed out coming down a far section right before the lip of a jump, and I'd just gone smack into the jump. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I had a few internal injuries. So I lacerated my liver, I was bleeding internally, and I obviously had a pretty severe concussion. Seeing as I didn't think I was in Europe, and I had no idea what was going on, and uh, I apparently still wanted to race, though. That's what I've heard from uh, some of the girls that were there is that I tried to race even though I had no memory that I was in Europe. So they called an ambulance and they took me up to hospital and I spent a month in a Czech Republic hospital with no one speaking English, which was uh, very interesting. Oh, my word. Yeah, it's, an, it's a great story to tell people, that one. That is crazy. That is nuts. Like, what, what were your parents thinking at this time? Oh, no, that's the worst. Yeah, I, I remember I had... I still very like I still have absolutely almost no memory of that day, but I remember I'd call I called my mum several times and I kept calling her because I'd forget that I'd called her, and I'd be like, oh, I I think I'm in hospital. I don't know. There's doctors around me. I don't know where I am. And then I would hang up on her because I all the only conscious thing I could remember was that my my phone was going flat, so I didn't want it to go flat because then I had didn't have any contact with anyone and I so I couldn't figure out what was going on. So I'd be like, and I just hang up on her. And then I'd call her five minutes later and be like, Mom, I don't know where I am. Uh, so gave her pretty much the biggest fright of her life. Um, but I think eventually she got me to give the phone to the doctor and sort of organize that. And, uh, yeah, so it was pretty bad. Yeah, I am sure they were freaking out. And you probably made it worse. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I was just so out of it that I couldn't even really. Like, it was crazy. Like, I at that point, I couldn't remember any of my Europe trip. I didn't. I kind of was correlating the broken foot with this crash, 
because that's I guess that's what your, what your brain does. So I was like, oh, did I crash? Did I break my foot? No, my foot's fine. My mum would be like, no, no, you, you broke your foot six weeks ago and you've been in Europe since then. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. I was like, yeah, it was just your brain tries to figure everything out and it just it's just at that moment it's just in recovery mode and you kind of can't push it. But, of course, the only thing you want to do is push it because you, you, it's such a weird feeling to not know the last sort of you know eight weeks of your life. But yeah, that was that was unfortunately the reason that I missed uh, I missed the World Champs and I missed Whistler, and then this year missing Whistler because of COVID is just uh, it's horrible. Yeah, yeah, it's it's difficult, but you know everybody's in the same boat, and yeah, you, yeah, and you just use it. I think you're doing right. You just use it to do other stuff to hone your skills in other ways. It's very good. Um, the the whole accident thing, you hadn't ever kind of done anything like that in the BMX scene, no? Um, so not in terms of uh, the sort of the concussion and the internal injuries. Uh, never, never any memory loss like that before. Um, I had had um, both my knees actually reconstructed in BMX, though, from, mm. from injuries I my ACLs and my PCL both um, both tears in those, and they were obviously um, hard injuries to come back from. But nothing nothing like that. That's just so so mentally draining. And then the being in hospital for for so for so long. I guess um, for, for I guess that you know obviously there's people that have been in hospital a lot longer than that. But four weeks and it's like there's no one that speaks English and it's uh, very isolating. And you can't even – and before that, I'd been on crutches for six weeks and I could barely move. Like, I think it was just that feeling of, you know, not being able to get out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. No, it's certainly a scary, scary experience. You're in a foreign country. You have none of your close family there. People aren't speaking English. Like, man, that would freak most people out big time. Yeah, it was it – was, uh, a hard couple of weeks um it was definitely good to to get home and see see everyone and and kind of feel a bit bit normal after that and you know see the puppy and that kind of thing and um i was pretty keen to get back on the bike yeah wow um do you mind me as what asking what age you are i'm 24 so you're 24 what age did the accident happen then so that would have been last year so it was 23 all right okay just a year has it put you off at all with the risk of in, in, injury in the mountain bike thing? Oh, no, not at all. Um, it's crazy. I, I feel mentally better than I've ever felt on the bike this year. Um, it is very much so. I think just the, the – the, I don't know whether it's because of the crash or whether it's completely just something else entirely, but um, I've been able to sort of shift – you know, my mindset over this year to be so positive um, and to attack, you know, in racing and and in the sort of hitting really big jumps and, and trying new things. I think it's 100%, uh, 100%, you know, mindset and, and habits. It's putting yourself constantly in those, in those um, I guess, out of your comfort zone and uh, that kind of thing. So, yeah, and no, I definitely never... I guess the only thing I ever think about is, you know, I don't want to have time off the bike. Uh, so sometimes that sucks if you get an injury, but that's all I'm thinking about is, oh, I don't want to crash because I don't want to, you know, miss time on the bike because <laughs> um, that's a real bummer. <laughs> yeah. You're sort of wired differently for sure. Like you're 24 years of age. You've had your knees reconstructed. You've had the injuries you, you had in Prague. All Wow, like, how do you stay motivated then? Like, you you seem to be in a really good place. Um, like most people your age with that kind of stuff going on already would be, yeah, you know, I need to think of a different career path here. But you seem so motivated. Like, how how come? How do you manage to do that? Oh, I think um, I've always kind of been a little bit like that. Like, I find it very hard to be bummed out. Like, even at a race where I do really bad. You know, I max spend about 40 minutes being bummed down. Then I'm like, okay, that's enough. Like, you know, move on kind of thing. It's like 
And I mean, I haven't always 100% been like that. Like, I'm not going to lie and say that I've always been this crazy positive person. I think over the last year or maybe two, I've really um, sort of found a mindset that I can, um, you know, that's really authentic to me and that keeps me really stoked and that kind of thing. And I think uh, right now it's just I, I know that I'm going in the right direction with everything in terms of the writing, in terms of the the digging and the building, and it's it's all stuff that I'm very passionate about. So I have no problems in being, you know, super stoked and motivated to ride every day. And it's I think that was the main difference between BMX and mountain biking is that I was always stoked to ride BMX um, and that kind of thing. But with mountain biking, it's like you literally have to force me to have a day off kind of thing, like – and even then, if I've planned to have a day off, if someone calls me up saying they want to ride, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll go ride. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it is different scene, really. You know, it's still two wheels, but it is quite different, really. Even the course, you know, the, the mountain bike thing is very different because you're out in nature quite a lot of the time and the, the BMX, yeah. you're kind of in a, a structured kind of environment there. Yeah, I do enjoy that too. I love being sort of in the mountains. I'm very much so a mountains person. I'm definitely not like a... Um, I guess it's a typical Australian sort of beach person. Um, I kind of love being, I love Canada and, and the UK and that kind of thing in the mountains and all that kind of stuff. And I love, you know, going out for rides. I know a lot of people, you know, put on their headphones and that kind of zone out, but I love just, just listening to the bike and to everything going on around you and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for 2021, what's your plans? Are you going to be concentrating more downhill are you going to do some enduro stuff what's your kind of what's your thinking oh definitely no enduro i'm i think if you <laughs> ask anyone that knows me i'm not a big fan of the hill climbs um it's very much so it'll be sort of crank works and the slope style scene i think and then obviously a little bit of downhill but uh big focus is you know the women's free ride and slope thing is just starting to take off and um, I think it's um, I think it's a, a really good direction, um, and I think it's it's kind of being organised by the right people and there's stuff like they've had the uh, I know that they're planning on having an Audi nines for the women next year, mm-hmm. um, so that's a, a big thing for me would be doing something like that. Um, the crankworks, you know, big focus would be the, the speed and style in that. So progressing my tricks. Um, the pump track, the slalom, that kind of thing. And I'm still coming over to – I mean, obviously this year my plan was actually to come over to the UK um, because I have a dual citizenship actually. So my, my dad's from the UK and uh, it's a um, that kind of scene was something I really wanted to, to go into. And they have still have a really big four-cross scene over there, which I absolutely love. Um, I'm still so sad that four-cross kind of, you know, was taken out of the World Cups and that kind of thing because I think it was a, one of the truest forms of mountain biking. Um, yeah, no, all the crankwork stuff, you know, any kind of spin style, um, slope style events, free riding, um, that kind of thing, pretty much anything that I can, I can do that's involving pretty much jumping and being in the air. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and four cross is, it's basically a massive big BMX course for mountain bikes, right? It's kind of like, it's kind of the direction that I, I wish BMX had gone. Um, I feel like now BMX is all about strength and having a really good first straight. Um, and then it's, um, you know, you pretty much, it's a good chance that you've won the race if you're, you've got a strong start. Whereas four cross, you can go from first to fourth to fourth to first. There's so many opportunities for, you know, overtaking and it's a little bit more aggressive and it's usually a quite a, quite a downhill course. Um, so I think it's absolutely sick. I think it's the best spectator sport. I 100% should make a massive comeback. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Spectator wise, I think it's amazing. It looks, it looks unreal. Yeah, so I'm keen to do some of that. Even if it, even if it never comes back, I still want to do it as much as I can. I know this is still a pretty good scene in the UK. And I actually, when I was at World Champs for Cross, um, I I hung out a lot with the UK, the British team, and they were a lot of fun. So I stay in touch with them, and I, I keep messaging them saying I can't wait to come back over, um, and ride with you guys and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Is four cross going to be in the Olympics? Is it? Well, no, I think um, I'm not sure what they've got. Freestyle BMX coming in next year, I think. Yeah, it would be an amazing, it would be an amazing uh, thing to have in the Olympics because to watch would be unbelievable. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see 
which way the Olympic goes in terms of because um, they've obviously had BMX in there for a while now, um, mm. and it was most I think uh, London it was one of the most popular events. Um, it'd be interesting to see how it goes because I feel like they kind of started making the tracks a little bit more not for the riders and more for the for the for the viewing, which I think was not good. Um, uh, in terms of the last track they did, they kind of they had it painted green and that kind of thing. But I had a, a lot of uh, people saying that race there that it was actually really hard to see the the transitions and it was not really made for the riders. Um, so I think that's one of the problems that you have with stuff going into the Olympics is is mm. that. Yeah, yeah, I can understand that. They're obviously looking at TV spectators and everything else and looking at yeah. it from that. Yeah, they just need to get the right builders in, right? They need to get the right guys in there to build and say, no, 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 you can't, you have to have it like this or this is the best way to do it. And Yeah, yeah you, have about, you definitely have to think about the rise and it's hard because most Olympic sports are, you know, swimming, running and all that kind of thing and nothing has to change. It's always the same it's always going to be the same whereas bmx because you have the option you have so many options it's any kind of sport like that like mountain biking or if they brought downhill in or that kind of thing um you've got to you've got to think about both i guess yeah for sure yeah it's interesting it'll be interesting to see what happens but with the popularity of the sport i think we're going to see changes and and that kind of scene they have to you know if people are wanting it they'll have to yeah absolutely i think um be interesting to see sort of where everything goes in the next five years but me personally i think the free ride stuff and sort of that kind of thing uh for for the guys and the girls i think is is the way it's going to go i think that's um really taking off you know you've got like red bull rampage and all that kind of thing is uh still one of the you know the biggest events that they have and and all that kind of thing and then in terms of uh content and stuff online i think a lot more stuff is going to be like that Mm -hmm. yeah I can see that happening for sure. Let's chat a little bit about sponsors. Um, so you're sponsored by Trek, Bikes, uh, and Vans and things. Tell us a little bit about your sponsors. Yeah, so um, I've always, pretty much since I made the move, I rode for Trek. Um, my dad has uh, been, you know, a big part of, uh, you know, working for them. He was a mechanic for them for a long time. And then um, I'd known a bunch of people in it. And uh, at, the, at the start of the year, um, I managed to get a, uh, opportunity with them to go shoot the new, um, fuel bikes in, uh, Tasmania. So I ended up meeting up with them and, uh, uh, Ross, who's one of the, um, one of the ladies that works at Trek in America and then, uh, Sterling, who is a photographer from Canada. And we ended up shooting with them for about three or four days and, uh, they were really stoked and they ended up, uh, sort of, you know, talking to the people in Australia and I, then I ended up meeting with the people in Australia and, uh, yeah, they sent me a ticket bike for, for Crankworks. And, uh, yeah, from there I've just been trying to build on that and uh, do what I can for them. So it's a pretty new thing, but it's a company that I have sort of, you know, loved for a very long time and uh, very much so believe in the kind of stuff that they're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, the, oh, well, the bikes are amazing. I'm sure you know that anyway. <laughs> yeah, the, um, yeah, I love the ticket bike. I ride that pretty much every day. It's a great, great dirt jumper, great pump track bike, and uh, yeah, I'm keen to hopefully get on a downhill rig pretty soon. Um, start perfecting my whips for whip off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. And working with the because you've been sponsored through the BMX thing for a long time, but yeah. working working with the mountain bike guys and the mountain bike brands, is there any difference there? Are they easier to work with? More difficult? How do you how do you feel about that? Um, I think there's definitely more opportunity um in the mountain bike world and a little bit more um you know uh, options to do stuff with them sort of uh you know whether that be video projects um or anything like that kind of i think is uh really cool about this sport and a bit of a difference uh so you know just your know, opportunity to spend time in tasmania shooting with them uh, was really cool and uh it's something different for sure mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's um that side of things is massive, right? You know, did you enjoy yeah. that, doing the film shooting stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess from a young age, I kind of realized that this sport isn't something, you know, like typically like golf or tennis or that kind of thing where all you have to do is play and you're going to make a lot of money. It's like I've always known that I, I had to, you know, be be something that uh, – be a, just a good person in general and, and – 
be able to promote a brand without results necessarily or without um, podiums because a lot of the time that's what you think, like I guess young kids growing up think that that's what they need to do. And uh, obviously, you know, sponsors obviously love it if you're on the podium, but they also um, are usually looking for someone that is just going to represent the brand really well online. Um, and with online stuff being how big it is today, it's uh, a big part of it is is doing that. So I'm always kind of coming up with things that I can do on social media and uh, in YouTube and that kind of thing that is uh, promoting them um, and just in general having fun with it and being a little bit creative. And I love that kind of creative side of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the I think the brands now are, are realizing that these massive big videos pushed by themselves, people they watch them and they're good and they're well produced and they look cool. But as a recommendation, you would prefer somebody that you can kind of relate to, somebody that you know won't tell you a lot of nonsense about something, whether it's good or bad or whatever. They'll tell you the truth, and I think the the brands are realizing that and that's why ambassadors and you know people like yourself that are sponsored and things that they really help the brands kind of get their message across yeah i think it's uh it's really important to to be like that to be authentic and um to i guess you know be real about you know the struggles and and don't sort of uh act like you know you know it's you're doing i guess even like uh you know, just, just 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 all of it, I guess, you know, just mm-hmm. uh, be real, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Now, looking to the near future, um, have you anything kind of planned outside of the bike industry? I know you're you're working on a, your own kind of brand, your own clothing brand. Are you still keen to do that kind of thing? Oh, definitely keen to do a, a lot of sort of sort of projects in terms of that I've always been really passionate about about that and um other stuff I still enjoy you know coaching and that kind of thing and then um you know the local trail spot that I have has been a big focus at the moment is is having that that dirt jumping scene um locally so we're actually working with that and possibly doing um designs sort of around that that helps that build that and uh, um, fund the stuff for that as well um so that's definitely something that I'm interested in doing and uh yeah so much uh i love sort of the filmmaking and the photography side of things as well and uh that's kind of uh a really awesome part of mountain biking is that i can kind of uh do both it's they they mesh really well mm-hmm. yeah no it's it's cool and that's the thing about it you know you can ride bikes and you can race bikes and stuff but there's so many other avenues you can kind of you know go into from it um, yeah, absolutely. Because it's such a cool industry, such a cool lifestyle. Yeah, that, yeah. that's that's really cool. Um, so, as far as the future goes, then has um, what's your plans for next year? Have you any dates set for the race stuff? Um, so I guess if 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 everything goes how we're hoping, there's a few big races actually. There's uh one happening in Australia that's a one of the first of its kind for free riding, and it's got a um a category for the women and the men and it's looking to be sort of my next focus it's hopefully hopefully going on around february or march and that's uh at the green valleys uh track which is a a a private owned club and they've got a few big sponsors on board for that so that's a big focus for me is uh sort of uh preparing for that one and then hopefully that's followed by crankworks and and obviously my goal for crankworks is you know some podiums and some wins in events and uh that kind of thing Mm-hmm. cool and how's trek helping you and because you're, you're sponsored by vans as well are you yeah so the vans has been a, a more recent thing and at the moment i'm kind of working on uh a video project for them and uh that kind of thing so that's uh something that i'm sort of very keen to see where it goes and uh yeah all my sponsors have kind of been super supportive in that kind of thing i'm trying to work with trek now to, to get a downhill bike sorted for for next year um not that i I think my focus will still be outside of downhill, but uh, just sort of for small things like uh, bike handling and doing sort of the whip off events at Crankworks and that kind of thing. So I'm pretty keen. I've actually never really owned a, a proper downhill bike. I've always sort of had the hardtail and just the enduro. So it'd be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, now, I want to ask you one question before you go, um, because I get quite a lot of girls contacting the podcast. Mm. Um 
getting into the sport, which is amazing. And I've always, when I started the podcast from the very beginning, I've always tried to get as many girls on as I have guys. I think it's very important because they play yeah. such a big part in the in the whole industry now. But for anybody, for any any girl kind of wanting to get involved and get into mountain biking, what would be your advice to them? Um, I think I think with um with anyone, it's kind of if you have that passion for it, I guess um, trust that and don't let anything, whether that be the pressure from from other people or you know the uncomfortableness you feel maybe from from being one of the only girls, don't let that kind of get in the way of that. Uh, try to sort of you know let yourself progress at the level that you feel comfortable with and don't kind of let anyone deter you from that. And, uh, yeah, if you have a love for it, then that just, you know, I guess trust in that Um, and try and find, you know, people that are people that are like you and that people that um, push you and uh, in a good way and people that, you know, are passionate about it the same way you are. And I think if you find that, um, it's a lot, a lot easier for sure. And, uh, yeah, just keep going, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And the people in the mountain bike industry are nice, right? They're cool yeah, guys. Absolutely. absolutely, they are. I've, I've been so, I felt so welcome pretty much at every event that I've been to by you know people all over the world, which has been awesome. Yeah, cool, cool. All right, as well. So, how can people find you? How can they get in contact? Figure out what you're up to. Uh, pretty much all my stuff is Has Nation Bikes. So if you check me out on Instagram, anything like that, I'm pretty, pretty, um, you know, a vocal. I do a lot of stuff on there. That's where you'll see most of my stuff. And, uh, yeah, I've got a few big projects I'm filming at the moment, so I'm keen to post them very soon. So you can check that out. And then my YouTube channel is Has Nation Bikes as well. You can just ch- um, type in Has Bikes, whatever, that kind of thing. You'll probably find me. Yeah, cool. And I think your clothing brand will be called Has Nation, huh? <laughs> yeah, so it's all pretty stoic. You can find uh, my website, has.bike, um, and that will have all the links to my social as well. And that yeah, kind of thing. Cool. That's up to at the moment. Excellent. Well, listen, thanks so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure to chat with you. Yeah, absolutely. It's been awesome having a good chat with you. Yeah, cool. And listen, I hope uh, I hope the mountain bike thing goes well for you in 21. You've certainly got the passion. You've got the grit, that's for sure. I, I don't know too many people that would come through an injury like you have and, and still be so, so motivated to do it. And I'm sure you have a good shoulder to cry on it because I'm sure Caroline can help you out there. <laughs> Yeah, no, we've both been through the wars a bit lately, but we're both um, both just so keen to, to keep going. And, yeah, I'm pretty stoked. Pretty stoked that I get to do what I do anyway, so I think maybe that's why. Yeah, yeah, awesome, awesome. Well, listen, good luck for 2021. I hope uh, you get to Crankworks and get all that, and I'll be keeping an eye on how you're getting on. So good luck and uh, all the best for the near future. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, and uh, thanks for everyone that's listening and uh yeah stoked that's a wrap for episode 156 and thanks so much for tuning in folks i really do appreciate it and i hope you got something from that i hope you've learned something from Haz's journey from bmx to mtb it's very interesting but a lot of us come in via that way so it's good to see that it's still happening with um, young people like Haz and that you can still make a success and a go of it. Now Haz, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. It was great to chat and I hope your season goes well. Probably next season now with the whole COVID thing and everything that's been going on. But I hope that all pans out and goes well for you and you get over to Europe and you get to do the races you're hoping to compete in. So good luck for that and I will be keeping an eye and see how you're getting on. Now if you want to know more about Haz, just simply visit the website mtb-tribe.com go to the show notes and search for Haz's episode episode 156 and you'll get easy links to Haz's socials you'll find out a little bit more about what we chat about on the show and uh, you will get videos and stuff that Haz has posted up on YouTube there quite recently now if you're enjoying the show the best way to support is by subscribing rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts every one of your ratings helps boost us on Apple's algorithms and helps spread the good word about the show to more people if you're not on apple you can also find and subscribe via stitcher spotify podbean or whatever platform you listen to your podcasts on 
We also have a website, mtb-tribe.com, where you can find the complete bike catalogue, listen and download every show free from there. You can also subscribe there and get one email per week with a quick and easy link to listen to the show and a short synopsis of who is on the show that week. You can also find us and get involved on social media at MTB Tribe on Instagram and Facebook. And if you want to get in contact with the podcast, just simply email me at info at mtb-tribe.com. I do read all emails and I will get back to you. So thanks again, folks, for tuning into the podcast this week. I will be back next week with another exciting show for you. But until then, as always, get the bikes out, hit the trails and stay MTB stoked.